experience a powerful yet gentle clean with Colgate Pro Clinical Electric Toothbrushes from Chemist Warehouse. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we go, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we go, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Six o'clock on the 13th of April. Morena, New Zealand. Hope you're doing well on the short week. We're only one day away from Friday. And Kempi, I feel like Izzy Dag today, not a, as talented or tall or handsome, but when Izzy is coming up to Auckland, he always gets fired up on a Friday, and uh, I know what it's like now being down this part of the world and getting to come see the boys tomorrow in the Auckland studio. I get it. I get it. I'm fired up to get up there and sit back in those Flash studios, so looking forward to it, mate. How's everything going up there in Tamaki? Yeah, mate, it's all good, actually. Uh, good morning, Aotearoa. Yes, it's uh, Thursday. Winter's well and truly settled in. A lot of rain up here yesterday, and uh, waking up this morning morning, put on the wet weather jacket just in case uh, for my walk home after mahi today. Probably get wet again. Um, Don't need to worry about that. Obviously in the sulky tomorrow night, Louis, because uh, they won't have too much to worry about with that nice uh, Cambridge track. But I dare say looking at um, the tracks, and this got me thinking this morning, like the soft tracks and the change of horses, um, the soft tracks in sport on general and the injuries to players and the effect that it's having on players and teams at the moment. Like, just have a look at the Warriors, for instance. No Egan, no Martin, two of your spine out. No Barnett, no Norcore. So their first starting edge out. Um, and here they are going into probably the toughest part of their next five weeks with four of their best players not, not even in the side. And when you look at the All Blacks in the World Cup, the question needs to be asked, like, we've still got plenty of time to go. What is the injury that is actually going to set the All Blacks back? Because we're talking about players missing out because of selection, but what about injury? Well, there will be one. There always is one. Do you think it's weather-related? Is that, where, is that where, what I'm sensing? Yeah, look, I, I do. When you, when you think about it, so it must be really tough for a team like the Warriors that play and train on a, on a, a softer track week in, week out. You know, So they're home, and then they go to... Australia and the firm tracks, and you can yeah. this change of you know. Um, I know we back in my day we did a we did a sort of a little mini study on the boots that players wore, and we found that the boots that they wore were having. Um, there was a statistic that came out that 
this one type of boot that they wore was having an issue with knee injuries. Yeah, and, right. and I think when you when you think about it, I was only thinking about that coming in this morning. Like, man, injuries are playing a big part in the competition. Look at West Tigers, like losing Adam Dooley for the way that they did was he's just jumping for the ball and came down after he caught it to take off. He's done his ACL. You know what I mean? It's, it's season season ending. You look at um, the young hooker, Brayley, that plays for Newcastle on the weekend. I didn't even see that happen out for the season. You know, and I think what we tend to forget, this is what we tend to forget, we're always so hyped up about who's going to win and where teams are at. We actually don't pay a hell of a lot of attention to injuries and the makeup of teams as injuries start to settle in. So... Um, just a little bit of empathy this morning when I look through that Warriors side again and think, man, we're actually half a team down in talent mm. when you look at it. And and we're talking about how good they should be going. Well, have a little bit of empathy for them because they've got four of their best players not playing this weekend. Yeah, oh, look, health is always your best player. We said it yesterday, we said it before, and... Uh, Andrew Webster kind of struck a chord when he was speaking about Metcalf's hamstring, and he's he could be playing, but he's done it five times. So they're looking at his gait, they're looking at how he runs, they're looking at his biomechanics to try and work out how they can get him on the straight and narrow, so he's not going to keep re-injuring this hamstring. And the sports science that goes into it, like I hear your point on the the softer sand-based tracks versus those hard, firm tracks, and mixing it up. You'd like to think that the professional level, the surfaces are, are mostly the same, but we know that they're not. And we've seen, especially in these magic rounds, these grounds get absolutely decimated. And when you're talking about a hundred k, a thousand kgs of front rows packing down, and uh, depending on the surface beneath them or players in the tackle, hey, the hip drops one thing, but what about players in the tackle on turf? That's been. Um, and the turf managers have a, have a really important job. I, I do. Uh, I'd sympathise with them, to be honest, because they get given these hectic schedules, and especially with concerts and all sorts of things. Some of these stadiums, the, tr- the turnaround time that they're trying to get these these grounds and these surfaces fit in, it is crazy if you look at it. So, I agree, Kimby. I hope that we're not prioritising that other stuff over the health of players because the health of players, that's one thing and then the competition. You want everyone to have a fair chance, don't you? You don't want someone to get unlucky or a team to be completely scrubbed out. No, you don't. And you know, it brings into context the conversation Phil Yarrow had yesterday around Manaya and um, the Taranaki team playing a trial against the Hurricanes <laughs> in that little small town at their local rugby ground. Like, if you were manager and coach, you would be having kittens knowing that your players are going from a prestige ground. Like, you do you do this. Like, as a coach and a, and a trainer, you're checking for ground for potholes, like the, the, the composite of the ground, you know, what sort of makeup it is so that your players get the best. But you're going to take them to uh, yeah. South Taranaki and they're going to run, you know, like, they're probably, well, look, I played in a couple of grounds here in South Taranaki. We had to get the sheep off the, the field before we played. Yeah. Type, you know, that's a type scenario. Um, the, if they pick up an injury, like they'll never do that again. You know what I mean? Not while that coach or manager or trainer's involved in that side. So, the, the context that I'm trying to put this in is, you know, the athletes these days. And talking about injuries and reoccurring injuries, now they're going to places like Canada to have their hamstrings checked out because that's the special place to go to get that, you know, that that <laughs> checked up. Um, 
It is starting to get like wrapping. You know the, the old saying, "Wrap players up in cotton wool." It is actually coming true. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Kempi back, like in the mid two thousands, when Kobe Bryant used to go to Germany? Yeah, and he he yeah. went to and and I think and and it was like Germany was like code word for like. It was coach to Kobe Bryant just go offshore and just dope. Like, yeah. did, did like did he just? And I always remember like the subtext around that. And, and LeBron James is he, he recently he's been talking about his foot injury. And he said they asked him how he got came back in time. He came back in this and you know one thing he's a physical freak. But then he said he went and saw the LeBron James of feet. He went and the LeBron James defeat. So, like, you're right. These players are going, the, the injuries and that whole side of it. Maybe, hey, let's get a sports scientist on next week. 100%. Because let's, let's start talking about the makeup. I, look, at the end of the day, when you start to investigate and think about analysing injuries, and, you know, I started with the Warriors, I ended up with the All Blacks. And in my mm. head, I'm going, you know, we're sitting fourth in the world. We've got Ireland and France through the rounds. Man, what if we lose like a Richie Mwonga or and you know a a um, well, Beavers Brody Rotella? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Practicing his kicking too. Apparently, yesterday in the Coliseum. So um, <laughs> yeah, he might get. Geez, imagine that Beaver gets caught in again to kick one more goal. <laughs> that, he died out on it. He'll become immortal. He'll become immortal. He, he would, you, but you're right. Like the selection's one thing, but a lot of the, and this is why they, when these players that miss out, they're right on the fringe. They gotta stay ready, and you always hear that saying, "Stay ready," because you just never know. So um, that's a good point, Kippy. So what's the? So it, it is fresh up there because I'm packing my bag. I'm up coming to see the boys bring a, tomorrow. Bring a jacket. Can't, can't wait. Bring a jacket. It's it, it's a little bit muckeridi. It's a little bit cold, but. Um, bring a jacket, mate, because the rain's swirling in and, uh, like, down, for instance, I walked home yesterday from running it straight and uh, I had four seasons. I walked out the door, couldn't see, there was, it was so bright with the sun out. By the time I got to the end of the road, um, it was pouring down. Then I got into town as bright as anything again and then I hit the, I hit the foreshores, windy as, windy as all... Buggery, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. I reckon just bring up a wet weather jacket because I think you'll need it. Very autumnal, it sounds. Uh, I can't wait. It's Auckland. I can't wait. for Yeah, that's true. That is, that is Auckland. It's a little bit more stable down here. It's either just cold or hot. Um, and when it's cold, it's very cold, I've noticed. Look, we're, we're going to talk self-assured later on and the race by Grins. We've got pacing for purpose today. I'll give you one tip who we're tipping. Uh, other than that, Kempe, we're going to talk some uh, English Premier League and some Champions League with Alex Brotherton, who's all over Man City. And after eight, I'm sure you're looking forward to this. More than just an athlete. That's right. Our Thursday slot with Ali Lalteri, who uh, kicked off the match fit program last night alongside some legends of our sport, uh, Tawara Nico, Ruben Wiki, Paul Rauhihi, um, even Hami Luwaki, you know what I mean? Who, who uh, gee, he's a hard case fella, that boy. Um, but by all accounts, I had a really good chat to Bailey Mackey about it, actually, who produces that show. Um, and he produced the one with Ted and, and Buck Shelford, which was pretty successful. He reckons this one's better, the rugby wow. league boys, because they tell, um, he reckons they, t- they keep it real. The stories are actually real stories, and, and he says the stories are better. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to following those boys on the journey. And the best thing about it is they get another shot at the Aussies. <laughs> they, they play a game. And I was laughing, like, you know, because he gave me a call. 
I was the second bloke he called. So he said, you know, do you want to do it? And I said, mate, I can't even jog, let alone run around um, with my knees, you know, like going, told him about that sort of stuff. And he said, oh, no, that's all that's all good. He said, but we're playing the Aussies. <laughs> I went, don't worry, you'll have plenty of boys put your hands up for another crack. And the Aussies, of course, um, the only thing that they told me about the Aussies, so the boys, it's like the Morris brothers are going to play in this game. It's that oh, era. Wow. Well, you have a look at our boys, like, that's after our boys, like, yeah, um, um, if they if the TAB open a book up, I'm back in the Aussies by fifty. Well, they're thirties, aren't they? <laughs> Mate, they're still playing. It's like I just started laughing, going, "Oh, you wouldn't want to get you, you wouldn't want to get in close quarters with the boy, with the Kiwi boys." But I don't think they're gonna because they're just gonna be too quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is brilliant. They are the gee, the Morris brothers. They can still play. You're, you're dead right now. You must be. Uh, well, you're, just, you're good friends with Bailey. I know you've got a lot of respect for him, but you must be absolutely stoked, Kimpy, because you talk about equity and, and making sure that Rugby League gets its time and we don't forget about a code that's had such an important part to play in our identity. You must be so proud that it's getting its crack in a, a show like this. When Match Fit the Union had such a success, it, it really touched a lot of people. Well, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole league community out there. There's a whole other group of people out there that this will touch as well. So you must be so proud of that. Yeah, one, 100%. And of course, they're iconic names too that everyone can can relate to. Um, you've got to remember too that Bailey Mackey cut his teeth in rugby league. So as a TV3 reporter, junior reporter, he used to be at those scrums every week, um, is how me and him met back in the early 2000s and then went to Māori Television and produced the sports shows in there. That's where he brought Tawera um, and, and Aussie, Glenn Osborne in to do the shows. Um and then, of course, he actually sat on the New Zealand Rugby League board there for a little while, you know, before. So oh, now, he wow. sit, now he sits on the New Zealand Rugby board. So in the governance side of things, too, he cut his teeth through that with the New Zealand Rugby League. So um, he's, got a, he's got a real passion for rugby league. Wairangi Korpu works for him up there in Pungal, uh, up here in Great, oh, in Great North Road, where he's got his business there. He does um, a number of shows for him. But he's a, a very smart character, Bailey. You know, he's he's hooked up with all the right people and and knows what he's doing when it comes to television. And and like he said, you know, this match fit. Um, he had a chat, he had a chat to me last week and said, you know, you guys, we've got match fit coming up. Uh, you know, it'd be be good to chat chat to it. And I said, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, he said it's a bit, it's going to be a better show than the rugby show. So it's interesting because he's been through both uh, cycles, the rugby cycle and the rugby league cycle, where he thinks it's going to go, um, but the public will tell you, you know, it kicked off, kicked off last night and the public will tell you what they like about it, so I'm, I just like seeing those boys now, you know what I mean, like they're all retired and Clinton Tooby's is just such a character you know, 14, what he found 14 kilos he reckons and he's got the old gym back out and breaking the gym back out and getting back into it, it's a, it's a really important part as we saw with um, rugby match for, of the boys keeping themselves in in shape as they get a, a lot older, and uh, it might be, it might look fun on telly, but I can guarantee you that it's not. Oh, and it just opens a, a, a crucial corridor of conversation about men's uh, health, physical, mental, um, emotional. So, it, like the, the, all of that aside, it's just a, a wonderful product, and, and that's why more than an athlete, uh, Ali Lautiti 
he's going to be able to tell us what that journey was like. Um, looking forward to that, Kempi. We're going to talk to Aaron Hamilton, the Hawks Bay Racing CEO, about their amazing initiative this weekend at the Hastings races. Ricardo Bulls in to talk some fight sports. And that's where I want to start the show today, at 18 minutes past six. Can't wait question of the day. Yeah, wowee. Um, some news this morning, just before we jumped on air about an hour ago, that, yes, Jake Paul, a name you must be very familiar with by now, has signed up and it is confirmed and signed and done. He will be fighting Nate Diaz, former UFC superstar. Well, he still is a superstar, to be honest. Uh, he might be past his prime, but he still has a massive popularity and probably a huge amount of skill and ability, I would imagine, because he's not that old, even though he's probably been through his fair share of fights. <laughs> so <laughs> in fight years, he's probably 100. But, Kempi, my question for you is, Nate Dears and Jake Paul, they've been announced in this pro bout. Have we warmed or softened to the idea of these celebrity boxing matches from where we started a few years ago? Or do we still think they are a mockery from the sport? The reason I ask this, and double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, please get in touch on the Kennard's Hire phone line. When I saw this, I thought, huh, cool. A couple of years ago when I saw these fights, I was saying, oh, spear me. So personally, somehow I think I've been numb to it. I think I've warmed to it. And I think it's just the new reality. But I don't know if that just means I'm a fair-weather boxing and, and combat sports fan or if other people can relate. So can you ever think about that one for me, Kempi, and let us know? 100%. The old badass of USC up against the, what would you call it, the candy candy kid of, of celebrity boxing. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is a match made in heaven when it, when it comes to um, profiles and socials and all that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, I'll give you my thoughts after after we go to a break. I uh, yeah, I can see both sides of the of the conversation. Brilliant. Hold there, and you double eight double three ten for bedpost text machine. Am I off it or am I relating? Am I relating to you here? Have we softened to the idea of these celebrity boxing matches, or is it just still as naff as it was? Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. We'll get your take on the other side. 26 past 6 o'clock, and I'm asking a question around UFC, fight sports, boxing, entertainment, what it all means. Jake, Paul, Nate Diaz have been booked to fight. Have we warmed to these, Kempi, or am I a little bit skewed? Well, I, I haven't warmed to it, and I'll never warm to it because they can't box. That's the first thing. But let's put some context around it, okay, and why this actually happens. Nate Diaz can't pick up the type of money that he's going to pick up in the Jake Paul fight, even when he's at the best, his best in the UFC. Jake Paul's worth $310 million. He has 50 million followers across his social media platform. So every time he puts out a, hi, I'm Jake Paul, he probably gets a dollar for from every one of those um, supporters. He's making six, uh, what was it? He's making $65 million a year just from the social media platform. Now, you take that into media rights. Now, he ain't making no money out of full stadium, full in a stadium. And this is where this is so, where I think is so wrong. He's paying Nate Diaz what Nate Diaz wants. And we've all heard about some of these fights are rigged and, and so on. Look, I don't think Nate Diaz is going to get close enough to him as, as he does in the UFC to knock him out. 
he's he, he's boxing is is good enough to stay away from Nate Diaz. I think it's it's the grading for Nate Diaz to jump in that ring, but he's probably offered him five million dollars to jump in the ring, and Nate Diaz is never going to pick that money up in the UFC, even if he's fighting Conor McGregor for fifteenth time. You know what I mean? And that's why I don't like it. I think it's all done for all the wrong reasons, apart from being terrible boxers. It's not a boxing match. So you haven't warmed to them. You haven't. No, you not haven't at all. From when you I first won't be came part, across, he won't, he won't be getting my money to turn that on and watch it. Okay, interesting, interesting. Neeps, what about you? From the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather exhibition, uh, whenever that was, two and a bit years ago, uh, three years ago, longer actually. Have do you think? And you, you hang around in these circles. Your mates all love the stuff. Do you think that we have become a little bit softer to the idea that these can be entertaining? Yeah, I th- I think as as a population we have got a bit softer to it because of the regularity that we're seeing it at now. We've seen Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. We've seen Jake Paul versus three. That was different- a terrible fight, though. Yeah, wasn't it, it was a bad fight. They they hugged the whole time, and that's the whole thing where I, I find it really scary because boxing used to be such a purebred sport. You know, it was the best of the best going up against the best of the best in an absolute war. And now we've got people that are training for three months to try and, and and put on one of these things and the crowd expecting to get something a lot better than what they're actually receiving. So I I find that really scary and it's it's taking a it's taking a, a skew off actual pro boxing. Look at the likes of Canelo Alvarez, who's the biggest guy in the sport at the moment, but he's not because Jake Paul is. So that's oh, yeah. that's that's where I kind of get scared. It's it's a stra- it's a very strange reality. I'm not denying that it's a very strange reality, Kempi, that we live in. That this will be the biggest fight of the year. Oh, but it will I, be. It will, I know that's what I mean. But that's why I was trying to put some context around it. There's 50 million supporters of Jake Paul that mm. on his socials will tune into. Someone will be holding up Jake Paul's phone. They'll get it anyway. So it's you know it's worth a lot of money for Jake Paul to continue putting this on. Like I want to see someone like a Ryan Garcia fight him. So Ryan Garcia will jump in the ring with with Jake with Jake Paul and give him a hiding. That's what will happen. But he does not want to jump in a fight with an actual boxer. And do you think? But do you think that that's that is actually a very dangerous thing? The day that an actual boxer does fight him, because then that validates him. Well, then that uh, that really answers my point. Then you are just yeah. watching it for pure entertainment. You're not watching That's it right. because you're not you don't want to see Ryan Garcia get in there and and do the damage because he will. Like Ryan, like even Canelo, would they be the same weight? Canelo and yeah, Canelo, Canelo and Jake are very similarly Similar. weighted. But like, if you could you Jake imagine Paul Canelo in there with Jake Paul, mate, that that that'd no. be murder on television. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't see it. So that's why, you know, you got to got to text here from Irish John. UFC equals entertainment. End of story. Like the guys get in there. Like we saw with, I've watched all the socials on Israel Adesanya from all of the boxing professionals talking about how you fade away, <clears throat> fade away. You got your hips in the right. You know, he's dropped his hands. Yeah, um, yeah. Pereira, and he's kept his his cool, his Izzy, and he's just overhand right. Because his hands were down, like that is pure entertainment. Because there were two great UFC fighters fighting each other. Now you pay for that, but I'm not. I'm not a social media um, fan of Jake Paul. I'm not going to like here, mate. Here's thirty dollars so I can watch you and Nate Diaz not get close enough to each other to actually see a proper boxing match. So the question is, and I don't know the answer to this. 
I don't know if we will know. We'll be able to figure this out. Ultimately, is Jake Paul good for boxing? Because it's two very different trains of thought here. Let's talk about it after the New Zealand half for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. This is a good chat, boys. Absolutely loving it. Back in a bit. Thank you, Joe. Tradies and Builders Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We're going to continue the chat about uh, the Champions League after 7 o'clock. But, Kempi, with the widest lens possible, can you see the argument that what Jake Paul is doing for boxing is actually good for the sport? Oh, I, I know you're trying to get an answer out of me, which is like, it is good for the sport. But I just said to Neeps in the break, like, I love boxing. I do. I, I, I got bought up watching it with my dad. I cannot sit here like with someone like Tyson Fury or Mike Tyson and have a conversation with him about the boxing match that's just about to take place. And I think that's what you've got to, how you've got to answer this question. Like, it is just pure entertainment and sold to, I guess, millennials who like Jake Paul. You know, I guess a heap of their social media followers Neeps, probably don't even know who Nate Diaz is. And they definitely want to know who Ryan Garcia is or Canelo is from a boxing perspective. Um, is it a good thing, Louis? Well, it's got the word boxing in it. Anything that promotes a sport has to be good, doesn't it? So if he's getting the word boxing to 50 million people, then I have to say yes. And I think that's you just nailed it for me. And I don't know, but I, you nailed it for me when you said that he's he's got these fans, and he's they might not know about Ryan Garcia, but now they do because he's opening the dialogue, and that he's actually showing them a sport that they never ever and and boxing is like pretty much all sports. It was it was on a decline. It's like rugby. Rugby has to innovate or it dies. And if we get a bunch of celebrities playing rugby <laughs> to take it to a new audience, well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. So I don't know, Neeps, Like from the, what you see and, and what Kempi's saying, do you think that he is t- bringing a new audience and enough to the point that it offsets the the bastardising that he's doing off the sport? Yes, I th- I think so. And the thing that immediately rung with me right then is the likes of Ted Lasso and the likes of Wrexham FC to football at the moment. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, they didn't know anything about football before they bought this team. But now look at where Wrexham are at the moment. They're so, so massive. And that's because they've bought the name to the team. So as long as Jake Paul relates his name with boxing, I, I, it's bringing eyes to the sport. And the likeliness is if you really enjoy this fight, you, you might have a crack at a title fight later down the track and just give it a watch and see how you go. But part of me is thinking, Louis, you know, you're talking like, look what the IPL has done for cricket. You know, mm-hmm. now they've got a a women's league coming out. Um, mm-hmm. They're talking about moving, you know, all of this um, GP sale through the Indian market because of the money that's in there. Like, it, it is purely a numbers game. That's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The Jake Paul Nate Diaz is purely about numbers. And when you put the numbers together, Nate Diaz is going to be really happy. Of course, he's going to throw some 400-ounce gloves on and add that soft a lot softer than the ones that he wears when he when he knocks people out. You know what I mean? He's got yep. he's got so many so many reasons to do it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it. I don't think I, you know. Part of me just wants to say, well, let's take it for what it is, and let's let's just let's just take it for what it is. It's not the same as a title fight. 
it's not necessarily the same sport, but it now comes under the umbrella of, as you said, Kempe, it's got the word boxing in it. Yeah. But they're actually two different sports. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. There's a boxing, there's a bo- There's a fight that we all want to see, which is Usyk Fury, and we're all yes. pay to watch it. You know, it is yeah. like Pereira Adesanya. Yeah, we all pu- pay to pure, watch it. Purebred boxing, and then yeah. there's celebrity boxing. And then you've yeah. got the people that actually don't know who Fury or Usyk are, but know Jake Paul, and they go and pay for it. And he probably doubles and- that amount of money that they make. And they say boxing does succeed it um, through Jake Paul. And I think both can be true. I think that's kind of we've kind of come to the same conclusion there. Hey, Neeps, on the um, speaking of the Paul brothers, the other one is: Did I see? Did I see? I know Logan Paul has, and he is genuinely a WWE star. He is actually good at it. Absolutely. But did, did I see that he is also? close to signing a UFC contract or yeah he's he said that for a while now and he, re- he posted a video maybe three years of him sparring with Paulo Costa Paulo ended up knocking him out at the end of the session but they grappled for about a good half an hour because Logan Paul used to be like a division two or a division one um college wrestler or high school wrestler or something like that so he does have the pedigree to go and do it if he wanted to along with his mm. boxing background and that'd be the next one. Then Kempe, imagine imagine the return fixture, home and away. Nate Diaz gets Jake Paul in a <laughs> and, it, and what, an hopefully he's not fifty. <laughs> he probably oh, still the, ba- he the, baddest, still, the baddest the yeah, baddest man the baddest man in UFC was still tell him up. <laughs> Did, Did you see that po- fight? Did you see that fight with him and Mazdevolt when they? Oh yeah, the BMF bout. Honestly, That's if you want to go, if you seriously want to go and watch a fight, go and watch that one. Yeah, it was crazy. It's not a Nate Diaz fight <laughs> until he's bleeding. It is <laughs> terrifying. Love it, boys. Good chat. 20 minutes away from seven. On the back side of this, it's Quizzy Dag. 0800 The Kemp Master, the Quiz Master's here for you. I'll give you a clue or two. Give us a call and we'll hook out with a $50 TAB bonus bet. It's a good time of the week to get one. 0800-150-811. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. Oh, 800. 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, can't get away from him, can we? 0800-150-811. That's Quizzy Izzy singing that wonderful tune for the morning, which is the day before the great race. And we've got plenty of callers on the line too, chasing this $50 TAB bet this morning, Louie. So if you've got... A chance to use Louis, you can, because Louis is the clue master. He'll throw you into one. Uh, we're going to go straight to Damon out of par, Palmy P. Naughty. Morning, Damon. Good morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, good, brother. Good, brother. Let's get cracking. Who was the Football Ferns last win against back in 1858? <laughs> in 2021. Oh, sad. Jeepers, I'm going to need a clue there, please. It's not that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is that the clue? Oh, you want the clue? No, you want another clue? Um, no, it's not that long ago. It isn't really that long ago. Um, 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 who was it? Oh, jeez, my mind, mate. Oh, just go Taiwan. Oh, yes. You're thinking along the along the right lines. So, uh, unlucky, Damon. Let's go to Uncle Brett. Morena. Morena, bro. Uh, that was the Philippines in the USA. Ooh, very confident too. I like that. Oh, some fact check. See, we'll see you tomorrow, Zaid. Morning. Who was the Who was the football fans' last win against back in twenty twenty one? Was it China? Going all the way around it. Here we go. Here's a man. Here's a man who knows the sport. Leroy down in Gizzy. Morning, Leroy. Hang on, we're just checking here. One sec. Yep, we got him on the line there. Is he there, Leroy? Yep, I'm there with Kimby. Okay, who was I'll... who was a football fan's last win against back in 2021? Yeah. I tried Napoli. Was it Napoli? Ooh, they had a decent team too in the Serie A. But no, I don't think the football <laughs> fans will play them. Unlucky, Leroy. You keep you keep trying. You're going to get it one day. I guarantee it. Let's go to Lukey and down in Dunedin. I tell you what, it's got Morning. a it's got a north east west something in it. Okay, who was the football fans' last win against back in twenty twenty one? Korea. Sure. Perfect. There we go. South Korea. Jake Paul, Nate Diaz just signed a contract for a boxing match. For a boxing match, who did Nate last come against uh, up against in the UFC? I'll say someone called Josh. Um, no. Tony, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good well work, done. Lucky. Well done. Good yeah. recovery. How many Premier League goals has Erling Haaland scored this season? Got a few yesterday. Um, a million. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah we, we'll give you that. And what year did Self Assured win the New Zealand Cup? Uh, 2020. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and which son of the famous All Black Lucy will start an open side flanker for Moana Pacifica this weekend? Got to get his uh, name right. Jones. Which Michael one? Jones. Yes, that's the that's the father. What's the son's name? Oh, Mika. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> See, Loki. We are nice to people like you, and uh, well done. You pick up that $50 <laughs> bonus bet. Who you got? Who you putting it on? I like Old Town Road to get the trail all the way. Old Town I'm Road. Old Town Road. Mate, well, yeah. I hope you do as well as Timmy does, because he picked uh, Israel Adesanya round two, picked up seven fifty with his last $50 bonus bet. So all the oh. best, Lukey. I hope you can have some fun with that tomorrow night. Uh, yes, it's... 6.51 and coming up we will have Alex Brotherton after news. We're coming up to 7 o'clock Kempe and we're going to talk some football after 7 but gee whiz it's a busy weekend of racing. Loveracing.nz that's where I go to check the racing calendar every single week on a Monday morning and this week I was pleasantly reminded and surprised when I saw we've got four galloping meets in the space of Two days. 
between Awapuni on Friday for the Martin Collins New Zealand Manawatu Breeders Stakes Group Three, who's defend still current champion, currently. You're still the champion of this race, Kimpy. So you, you've got it for at least one more day. That's right. And you got to hand you got to hand it back. Yeah, personally, hand back that beautiful trophy. <laughs> Cinerama's last. Um, oh, well, geez, she nearly. Oh, the the thing is, it was kind of the revival of her career in a couple of ways because she was definitely on the taper when she hit this race, and then all of a sudden she had another season in her where she was career best form. Yep, she was, and uh, I'm glad we put her. Back in there for a little bit more of a, a stellar, stellar bit of form. Um, but yeah, it's it was nice to get that one, Louis. I got to say, when you when you're winning any type of group race, um, you have a big smile on your face. Amazing, and the way she did it. If you go back, go on to Love Racing, type in Cinerama in the the profile search. Go back and watch this race last year. Last on the bend, Matt Cameron weaving her through traffic. She needs all of the distance of the straight, and she got them right on the post. It was just so, so good. The best way to win a race. Oh, gives me shivers thinking about it. And um, that's tomorrow. Now, I've got a tip in this race. Anyone that was listening to the Goodwill in the weekend will know that I was on Aromatic in the Thoroughbred Breeders, so she raced in a Group 1. She had an unlucky six. Joe Camerudin just got her all bottled up on the fence. She had nowhere to go. Every time she started to unleash, she got uh, hit a roadblock. She still hit the line okay for six. This is, without doubt, an easier field. Mark Walker's got her on the quick backup, so he obviously thinks she'll get the 2,000 metres. Opie Boston jumps on. She's got Barry 11, so she'll probably just go back, settle back, use the length of the straight. I've got respect for Pride of Aspen out of a good barn. I've got respect for Zola, respect, uh, Zola Express. I've got respect for Kelly Co. I've got respect for St. Alice. It's a nice even race, but at four fifty a dollar ninety, I'm all day each way on the backup on Aromatic chasing my money. And then on Saturday, we've got Tarapa, Hastings, and Rickerton. We've got 16 plus 9 is, what's that, 25 races on Saturday, Kempe. It's, um, I'm almost surprised we have enough jockeys. It's, it's a, I'll tell you what, a busy day. A busy, a busy weekend for you, starting on, uh, obviously, Friday with the races into Grins on Friday night into Saturday with three race meetings. Um, yep, and uh, one El Sheikh Sharok's got a few in on Saturday as well so we'll be checking the form from him today and hopefully punting out a couple tomorrow oh looking forward to that Kempe one I can give the odds for now which I think is a bit yeah I reckon Waisaki's carrying as little weight as he did when he won the Wellington Cup 53 kgs $6 $2.30 race 7 the Hawks Bay handicap which we'll talk about a little bit later on he hasn't had this little weight in a long time he's got to be dangerous up after seven, we're talking football, but here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, that's right. Erling Haaland's greatness is undeniable at this point after breaking the scoring record for a Premier League player in a single season. The achievement comes at a time when Man City look unstoppable in Europe when they dominated Bayern Munich yesterday in the first league of the Champions League quarterfinals. And to talk football, powerhouses and their hunt for more titles is Alex Brotherton, a journalist up there in Manchester. Morning, Alex. How are you going, mate? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, yeah, all good, thanks here. Um, just a bit of a bit of a wet, uh, sort of miserable evening here in Manchester, but uh, hoping it's nicer for you over in New Zealand. 
Yeah, well, it's wet here too, mate. So we feel <laughs> I feel your I feel your pain having been up there a number of times. But you must be happy with the performance from City yesterday. What what was most pleasing for you? Yeah, it was it was a great performance. I think um, I'd so, I'd probably go along with what Guardiola said afterwards, actually. Which yeah, not every team scores three goals against Bayern Munich. But what really impressed me was City's. Um, Solid defending, really. You know, we saw Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Nathan Ake, Manuel Akanji making some great blocks, uh, Edison making a few good saves. Um, and we've, we've not always seen that from City in the latter stages of the Champions League. You know, they've never struggled to score goals. But you think to last season against Real Madrid, um, past game, past uh, quarterfinals against Tottenham and Liverpool, um, that defensive solidity hasn't always been there. But last night, they, they just looked like, you know, we're not letting you pass and that's that. Um, and yeah, it was obviously at the other end of the pitch, you know, you've got Haaland breaking more records. Bernardo Silva was incredible. But um, I think for me, the sort of, the less glamorous side was the most impressive. Um, but yeah, all around great performance. So Pep is a very emotive and a, a passionate man and a passionate manager. And, and sometimes you feel like his teams embody his personality a wee bit. How badly do you think he wanted yesterday and to put a statement up against Tuchel? Yeah, I think um, obviously there was a lot made before the match um, about Thomas Tuchel's record and that uh, that season when City lost the Champions League final, played Chelsea three times in six weeks, I think it was, and, and obviously Chelsea won every single game. But yeah, of course, I think I don't think Guardiola would have been that bothered about the whole Tuchel thing. You know, City beat Chelsea twice after that before Tuchel got sacked. Um, but obviously, it's it is the competition that City haven't won yet under Guardiola. And he would have given that the first leg was at home and now we've got a, a second leg away in Munich. He would have always wanted to get, you know, a strong result on the board. You don't want to go over to play in, in Munich with a, a draw or um, with, a, with a sort of a deficit to overcome. So, yeah, I think I think maybe the whole Tuchel thing was a bit more outside noise than within. But I'm sure Guardiola, as he said after the game, was absolutely delighted with the result because you can't ask for much more than 3-0 in the first leg of a quarterfinal against Bayern Munich, can you? Hey Alex, where does this put the EPL as opposed to the um, the Bundesliga when they go over there and they win um, so convincingly? Um, I, yeah, I think yeah, this this was kind of discussed before the game. I don't think many people saw City beaten Bayern Munich three 0 And while City could have scored more, I think you know Bayern will feel perhaps unlucky that they didn't get on the score sheet. Um, but in general, I think there's no question that the Premier League is is str- the strongest league in Europe. It's definitely the most uh, sort of financially strong. I think after a few years of English teams struggling in Europe, you are seeing now that other, other nations are just struggling, uh, even the top teams, um, as we saw last night. But I wouldn't go and take last night's result as 3-0 as saying, oh, you know, Bayern are miles off the other top teams in Europe. I think maybe they just, City were very clinical. Bayern made a few mistakes at the back. Probably didn't, probably don't deserve to be three goals behind on aggregate uh, at the halfway stage. But I think there's no doubt that, you know, Bayern are going to have to strengthen them in the summer if they're going to compete with the likes of City and Real Madrid and whatnot next season. But definitely a bit of a, a surprising result. But I think there can be no doubts that the Premier League is sort of head and shoulders above the rest of the leagues in Europe now. Yeah, it's interesting insight there, Alex. And and now I guess Man City find themselves in a, a very com- well, not comfortable, but a a position that would create a lot of envy from other clubs, where they are 
firmly in a Premier League hunt, and they have to be firmly in this Champions League hunt as well. So as their season continues so successfully, does it become a balancing act now for Pep and his squad? And where are they at around confidence levels of being able to gun uh, Arsenal down? Well, I think confidence levels couldn't be higher, to be honest with you. Um, you know, City had a bit of a slump in January. Uh, Guardiola was very public about that. Um, but now, yeah, fast forward a couple of months and confidence is sky high. They've won nine, I think it's nine consecutive games now in all competitions. They are cutting the lead that Arsenal have. You know, if City win every game now, between now and the end of the season, they will win the league because they've got that game in hand on Arsenal as well. And they've got to play uh, Mikel Arteta's side as well at the Etihad Stadium, which they'll probably be favourites for, I reckon, in, in their home ground. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, City are used to this. They're used to fighting on, well, last season they were fighting on three fronts, I think, by this point. And obviously they've got the FA Cup semi-final again. Um, they're used to fighting in every competition and going really deep in any competition. But, you know, it will be interesting to see how that sort of, how uh, Arsenal can use that situation. Because, of course, they're not in Europe. They're out of the FA Cup. They've basically got one game every five, six days now for the rest of the season. Whereas if City keep going in the Champions League, they're going to have a game every three days. Um, so, yeah, we might see a bit of fatigue creeping at some point. But, you know, this is a group of players that are used to going the distance and all very close to, to the distance. So um, I won't worry too much. But, you know, Arsenal might have a bit more of a spring in their step come the sort of the last three or four weeks of the season. Alex, here's some names for you. Dennis Burkamp, Rude Van Nistelrooy, um, Alan Shearer, Th- um, Theory, Henri. Like, is it too early to, to call... Uh, Arlen, the GOAT striker that's ever played in the e- EPL? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't want to offend any fans of other clubs. Um, yeah, I think... They're not listening. Obviously, <laughs> from a, obviously, from a stats, numbers point of view, you can't really argue it, but I think, yeah, it, we, we need to see him for a few more years, I think, to... You know, theoretically, if he just left in the summer, obviously, I'm not, that's not going to happen. But if it did, I don't think you could then say, oh, he's the greatest ever Premier League striker. Because, you know, I think for that kind of recognition, you have to do it over a few years. Um, and I mean, I have no doubt if he if he stays at City, he is going to continue hitting those numbers. And I think in a few years, we will we will start speaking about him being one of the greatest ever far sooner than you would any other striker that's ever played in the league. It, this isn't going to be like a 10 years down the line and then we start having a conversation. I think it's, as you say, you just mentioned it now. So we're already talking about it. But I think maybe a little bit soon now, but I think he is going to go down as, as if not the greatest, one of the greatest. Is there a... Uh, how do I frame this? Is there a like a a routine these great players go on now? We've seen it, you know, that they might... They might hop around the leagues and then, you know, end up with a, a sickening contract from PSG or one of these clubs that are richer than you could ever imagine, end up maybe in Saudi or wherever. Is there a kind of a path that when you get to this level, your options, when you get to the Haaland level, the, the Messi level, the Neymar level, your options actually start to become very, very limited and there's only a certain few ways your career can play out? Yeah, I guess so. And obviously financially, you know, if someone like Haaland was to leave City in in the next few years, there's not many clubs that will be able to afford a transfer fee. But then also, you know, his wages, um, he is 
I think he's the, the second highest earner at City, just behind uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So that's definitely a factor in, in terms of finding another team where, you know, you're going to be fighting for league titles and the Champions League. You know, there's again, there's not many other teams, is there? Um, and the Premier League is such an attractive league to play at. I think that is a, a large reason why you don't you don't see many sort of players use City as a kind of a stepping stone anymore. You know, there's a few cases with, you know, Leroy Sané wanting to leave and he went to Bayern Munich. You know, you had Ferran Torres wanting to go and play for Barcelona because it was his boyhood club. Um, but there's just not many, you know. Kevin De Bruyne rejoined in 2015. Okay, you know, people like Raheem Sterling that left last summer, he was at City for seven years. Um, you know, it's just they're just not. You're right. There's just not really many places to go. Um, with Haaland, you know, we have heard quite a bit that he's, you know, he he wants to play in as many different leagues and test himself in as many different teams as possible. Which obviously feeds the rumours of Real Madrid being confident they'll get him. He's obviously done it in the Bundesliga. He's doing it in the Premier League and looks to have, you know, cracked it already. So perhaps Spain, you know, at some point in the future, maybe that's where he'd want to go. But I don't think we're going to see him sort of, you know, getting bored of life at City in the next, you know, few years or something. Because really, he has, he has everything, doesn't he? And and the crazy thing is, he's breaking all these records. But people that watch City closely will know that there have been games this season where it hasn't quite clicked and he isn't doing exactly everything that the Guardiola would, would like him to do, you know getting on the same page, um, doing a bit with his teammates, doing things off the ball a bit more than just sticking the ball in the net. So, you know, there's room for improvement as well, which is the really scary thing. Um, so I think it's not just a case of, oh, I've done it now, I've broken all the records, that's it, what else is there to do? He's, 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 hungry, to, he's hungry to win, but he's hungry to improve as a player. And I think City, with the players around him, with the manager he's got, it's probably the perfect place to do that, really. So, yeah, there's not many places he could go, but does he want to go anywhere else that soon? I'm not so sure. Oh, well, whatever team he ends up playing for, the fan base is a very privileged because he is one of the most informed and, and terrifying athletes in any sport, any code on the planet right now. Alex, uh, thank you so much for your time this morning and with Champions League going on, I know you're going to get back to work, so we'll let you crack on and hopefully we'll talk again sometime. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. There you go, Alex Brotherton up there in the north, Kempi, where you've spent a lot of time. Milan and Napoli at the moment tied nil all, and Madrid and Chelsea tied nil all. Those games are about 17 minutes through. Soft spot for Manchester for you, Kempi? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, the great Adrian Morley comes from Salford, which is Manchester. Um, a great a great city to, to go out in. Like, you know, it's got so much history and stuff like that. And, of course, I when I was up there, Old Trafford, I'd played there a number of times, test matches in, and in finals. Um, and, of course, Manchester United with Eric Cantona and the likes, the Beckham, <sighs> Beckhams were coming through, were there when I was, when I was playing. So um, Man City back in those days were Manchester United today. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's really interesting to see Man City. Earl... Um, Harlan, oh, look, I think that's a, a big call for, for the GOAT because some of those names that I rattled off, like, they were great strikers. Andy Cole for Manchester United, remember him? Yeah. Andy Cole for Man, Man United, like, yeah. just out of the blue. Out of the blue became one of the best strikers. 
And it's just, what do you value, you know? Like, he, as, as Alex, he kind of put it beautifully, he has to do this for a number of years. But if he does, the statistics are there to back it up that he has, he's got the talent. Now, back to the start of the hour. We've had a couple of texts. Sorry, fellas, if the best three coaches are males, we're talking about the new Black Ferns assistant coaches which have been named. And they are, and it's congratulations to those men this morning, Tony Christie, Steve Jackson, and Mike Delaney. Sorry, we had a text through from Steve straight away. Sorry, fellas, if the best three coaches are males, then they should get the job for the Blackburns. Did Whitney Hanson even apply for the job? You probably need to start asking the question before you speculate. Well, Steve, we were off to another interview, but here we are to follow it up. And another texter came through nice, sharp, and fast and said, Whitney Hanson is the new Marta 2 coach replacing Blair Blackster. And that is exactly right. So, Whitney Hanson is off, and she wants to go and... Um, lead a program that was her what what she wanted to do and chris lindrum who's the new zealand rugby general manager of professional rugby performance well, he he directly addressed the development of leading female coaches to ensure their fe- future success he said individual growth of our coaches continues to be a focus for new zealand rugby we are supporting the opportunity for whitney to develop as a program leader with her recent appointment as the Marta two head of rugby. Our ambition is to continue to support the growth and development of our leading female coaches and provide them with the opportunities to gain further experience and be in a position to be competing for roles in our teams in the black in future. So Steve, yes, that is, you're kind of on the right lines there because that is what Chris Lind- uh, Lindrum has alluded to. Um, Kempi, do you think that is uh, fair enough from New Zealand rugby? Uh, yeah, look, I, I do. I, look, the, the part um, that we really need to find out is whether or not she applied, because if she did apply and she's been in that structure with Alan Bunting and won a World Cup, you'd think she'd be a shoo-in. So It doesn't, it just, just, it doesn't, the way they frame it, it doesn't sound, it sounds like she's made her decision Yeah, and if that's, her to de- beat. if that's, right, Louis, if that's what she's done and made a decision, then good on her. That's, you know, she's obviously seen that as a better pathway to development um, and probably wants to go back in as the head coach. That's that's probably the, the pathway, you reckon? It kind of feels like that. Mm. I mean, it kind of feels like she wants to go and lead a program rather than she's been the assistant. And I get that. I, I, we don't know what other women were involved in the selection process and if there was anybody else on the table. But what Chris Lindrum's saying is we want to continue to build our pathways to get to the point where we can have women that are competitive for these roles, which leads me to think that they didn't fight, they didn't think there was anyone suitable. Whether that's fair enough and the chicken and the egg argument, are they doing enough for the pathways? We don't know the ins and outs of that. But they... Uh, they had to address it in the press release, and uh, down they did. So there's the update there. And as I said, congratulations. It's a great day for Tony Christie, Steve Jackson, Mike Delaney to be named uh, uh, assistant coaches of a black jersey. And also Janelle Strickland, who is going to be the team manager after being involved with Seven's programs. So good on you, Janelle, as well. 22 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrance. We're going to quickly rip around the grounds after this. Twenty-seven minutes past seven. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It's a Thursday, Kempi. So let's go around the grounds, rapid fire. Joe, quiz us. All right, boys. Let's start. Super Rugby. Hurricanes. Chiefs. Saturday afternoon. Who you got? Go the Canes. Chiefs. Oh, <laughs> this will determine who is the uh, number one on the standings. Moana versus Reds. I'm taking Moana. 
Nico Jones hat trick. <laughs> Brumbies versus Drua. Ooh, Brumbies. Brumbies are very good. They Brumbies are grand final threats. They right. are title threats. Let's move to NRL tonight's game. Dolphins, Rabbitohs. Rabbits. Oh. Way better revenge game. Up the Dolphinos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Panthers Knights. Panthers by plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Panthers will run 50 up, I think. <laughs> uh, Titans Broncos. Ooh, yes. The Battle of the Beaches. No beach in Brisbane, is it? Oh, yes. There's an artificial beach right in the middle of town, actually. <laughs> the <laughs> Broncos. Right, there is. Yeah, the, the, what's the highway called? The Q? Is it the Q? The Q? The, the key. Q, I think. The, the Q clash? The key. The I've got a funny story about that, but we'll, we'll say that one another time. <laughs> and you'll be commentating this one on uh, Saturday night, Kempe Warriors Cowboys. Oh, look, I've got a, like, I hate to say it, but I've got a funny feeling. They've got two back players back, Nanai and Tuolagi on the wing in the back row, and I think with the injuries, the Cowboys might sneak one. I don't think Webster lets the Warriors lose two in a row, judging by how on edge he is. He thinks this team is a top four team, and I think they'll be winning. Sold 90,000 tickets, Joe, and kids are free this weekend, so get down. Can't wait. I'll be Come there, on. Kempi. And tonight's game on the NZNBL, Saints versus Bulls. I'm going to go the Saints. Yeah, Saints are always class. Nice. Otago Nuggets, boys are playing Southland Sharks. Do they get another win? Oh, yeah, I'm going the Nuggies. Of course they do. Neeps is going the Sharks. Of course, he, of course he's going the Sharks because that's where he's from. No question. NBA play... Oh, did you want to say something, Neeps? No, nah, just up the Sharks. Okay, cool. <laughs> NBA play... <laughs> <laughs> and NBA playing games today, boys. Bulls versus Raptors. Uh, Bulls. Ooh. Well, yeah, I thought Miami get the job done yesterday and they didn't, so I'm going to go Raptors. Oh, interesting. Pelicans, Thunder. Oh, I love Shay Gilgis Alexander. What a player. And I think Zion uh, Williamson, there's just a bit of bad juju around the Pallies, so I'm with OKC. And the big one, the one we're all looking forward to tomorrow night, the race by Grins. Self Assured, get it done? I actually think Self Assured wins. I actually agree. From the second line, gets dragged in while they fight it out up front, and Natalie being the best out there just. Pulls her, pulls her out, races home. Louis runs down there, sculls a can <laughs> of grins, picks up the trophy, <laughs> and it's another hell ride home back to Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm actually in, uh, I'm in Mick Guerin's Aston Martin this year, so somehow, somehow, a uh, upgrade from your car, Kempi, which is the nicest car I'd ever sat in at the time. So <laughs> there you go. Somehow uh, it's going to be a very fun weekend. There's so much sport on. There you go. Lovely. Well done, Joe. 29 away from eight. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. We're 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Let's get some more sports headlines with Joe. Thanks to Kenard Tire. Kenard Tire, two easy weekend. Two days higher for the price of one. Visit a branch today. T's and C's apply. Uh, some quick Champions League updates for your boys. Real Madrid is up 1-0 over Chelsea after 30 minutes and Milan and Napoli uh, nil all currently. And as you said earlier, Louis, New Zealand Rugby has announced the Black Ferns assist- assistant coaches 
their Matatu assistant coach, Tony Christie, Bay of Plenty head coach, Mike Delaney, and Samoa coach, Steve Jackson. No war in there, boys. Yes, as we uh, alluded to. Thank you, Joe. The more I think about it, Kempi, one thing I am slightly curious about is, and I can only assume that it was her decision, surely Whitney Hansen could do both. Because at the moment, Super Rugby O-Picking, like they know they want to expand it, but it, the competition is far too short, and I'm sure she would benefit from still being involved with Alan Bunting in the, the national program as well. So I can only think that must have been her decision. Yeah, you're dead right. I, look, I think um, that's a, a great way to put it. You know, it's not a not a massive competition. Um you know, you think about what they've got coming up. They're trying to build more internationals. You'd think the the experience that she would get being still in the camp with the limited opportunities would be um, at the forefront of any decision. But if it is a decision to go, right, I just want to concentrate on the Matatu, uh, matatu um, side and, and just campaign my coaching and get used to it, then that's her, that's her choice. Um, but I would have thought too, because I'm thinking about you know, why would you not, with the limited amount of opportunities at that level, stay in touch with the international game? That's right. Especially under a coach like Alan Bunting and then being able to work with coaches like uh, Steve and um, the other, Mike. And the other thing you're talking about too is like, where does she go on the, on the scale of coaches for the next job? You know what I mean? We're, we're three have now been put in front of her as assistants, you'd have to think that, the and using the all-black model, that the coach would come from one of those three. You know what I mean? So I'm, look, yeah. I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really understand the full dynamic of how the selections were made and whether she did put her name or not, but I think you might make a very good point saying the limited opportunities. Why wouldn't you stay involved? Mm, interesting. I'm sure we'll hear more about it, and I'm sure somebody will ask her about it. Um, maybe on ECNZ even throughout the day. Smithy, Staffy, uh, Angus, Tauval, unbelievable on drive. The run home. Going so good. Going so good. Anyway, after this, we're going to talk to Ricardo, another one of our team members here. We're going to talk more fight sports, boys, because we started the show talking about it. Let's get our little four-ounce gloves on, give Ricardo a rev up, Talk fight for life. Talk all things fight sports. After this on SENZ, it's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and we are 23 minutes away from it. After a successful return last year, Fight for Life is back in 2023. We're only two weeks away from witnessing an amazing card at Event Fighter Stadium on the 27th of April. And to help us preview the event this far out and talk all things combat sports is the one and only Ricardo Bull. Hi, Ricardo. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Louis, mate. How are you? Yes, yes. I've got to, I've Doing got, well. Good, mate. Good. I've got to thank uh, the good people at Build People, New Zealand's top talent recruiter. They have signed on for three years as the uh, uh, sponsor for Fight for Life. So they're, they're big into their combat sports, uh, boxing, and particularly Jeremy, uh, who, who runs the place. I know he's boxed for a long time. So he wanted to get on board with this. And hence, uh, while, we're, while, while we're getting behind Fight for Life and doing this segment with you guys. So, um, yeah, looking like a, it's going to be a big event. Are there, there's so many leagueies on this card, Louis. I'm just wondering what it's going to take to get Kempi in the ring. 
No chance. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely no chance. And Dino knows that after chasing me in the early 2000s for years to jump in uh, the ring with Carter. But no, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good card. You know, you've got some, you know, Sionifon Wiener who's been on match fit. He's, mm. he's got himself um, fit up against DJ Forbes. And, of course, Liam, uh, mate, that fight with uh, Hodges, it would be an absolute humdinger. Hodges, obviously... Yeah, getting one on Gallon too. Um, not actually getting the decision, but being in the ring in a couple of professional fights, uh, which yeah. is where Liam wants to head. What do you, what do you make of that one? I, I think Liam probably has the edge. Uh, I think Hodges is. Uh, yeah, you said they actually both fought Gallon. Gallon beat Liam on a split points decision, uh, but he he dominated Hodges both fights. He won an unanimous points decision and then stopped him in the second fight against Hodges. So I think, you know, Liam's on track. He wants the New Zealand heavyweight title. So I think you, I think Liam Messon will have too much for Justin Hodges in that fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope that. Um, I don't mind that. I'm, I'm picking a Kiwi winning that one over an Aussie as opposed to Leggy versus Rugby Union. Yeah. What about Roy Asatasi, mate? The former Kiwis captain. He's up against Sam Tuitupo as well. Both known for big hits on the field. It, to be honest, I mean, if I'm going to pick any fight on this card to not go the distance, it's this one. That, well, if you know Sam Tuitupo, you know that he can fight. Like he's a he's a street fighter from way back, and uh, <laughs> I know I know Sammy personally. Um, he's a he's a tough cookie. Oh, I know Roy, Roy personally too, but he's a nice he's a nice guy, and it's a nice guy up against a not so nice guy. And I'm look I'm look this that is the fight that I'm looking forward to because I think Sam he'll want to point he'll want to um, prove a point. Yeah, and like you say, you know, it's a, a nice guy against a not so nice guy. The guy that's willing to do the dirty stuff generally will get the uh, will get the W, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what you're saying. Uh, it's interesting too, DJ Forbes against Sione Farmawena because you know DJ is absolutely ripped, but I don't know how much fighting he's done. Whereas Sione Farmawena, I'm pretty sure has has done this before, right? So I, I think Sione goes in as the favourite against DJ Forbes in this fight as well. And and I mean, that's just talking the rugby versus the league fights. Because we've also got a world title fight on this card. It's the IBO Super Bantamweight World Title Fight. Uh, New Zealand's own Mia, the Nightmare Motu, taking on Canadian Tanya Walters. It's going to be a first world title tilt. And man, Peach Boxing are putting out some great fighters at the moment, aren't they? I mean, we've seen David Light have a have a crack at the the world cruiserweight title. Now Mia in our own backyard at this Fight for Life on April 27 at Event Finder is going to be uh, fighting for a world title as well. And she's so much power. I've seen her train. And honestly, I was I was in uh, boxing. I was at a gym hitting some pads, and I just heard this rip, rip, rip. <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I turn around, and it's her, and and it's Mia just working the body. And her trainer had a, one of those body pads on. And honestly, the sound I was I've never heard anybody make that noise with a glove on a pad before. Like <laughs> oh her power God. is just ridiculous. So, uh, looking forward to Mia Motu, and then a couple of other. Uh, big fights that'll be on the cards as well. Uh, another peach, peach boxing fighter is Andre Mikhailovich. He is 19 and 0, his record. He's up against a Venezuelan fighter, Edison Saltarin. Um, he's a knockout artist, Andre, uh, and he is desperate, desperate to go and smash Hardman over in Australia sometime soon. So this fight will help bridge that gap. He is currently ranked number 10 in the world on IBF. Um, so he is, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a massive fight for him because uh, 
as Venezuelan opponents no mug either. Uh, so this one, I don't think will go the distance. I think one of them is going to, what do they say? Someone's O has to go. Uh, someone's O is going to go in this yes. fight. And then uh, finally, uh, Jerome Pamplone, who's New Zealand cruiserweight. Uh, he's, he's fought at light heavy as well. And uh, he is fighting a French fighter, Emmerich uh, Duale, who's uh, got an 8-0 record. Pamplone's 15-0. And, uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a great fight, but I think Jerome should have too much. Mate, did you know, we do a rumour mill on Wednesday, and it came in after, after, just after the segment. And is it true mm. that Fight for Life has just signed Mark Watson to fight Stephen MacGyver? I, 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 we might have to leave that till next week, Kempi. I think that's. I think there's an embargo on that. I think there's an embargo on that. But yeah, potentially. And you know, they've. Both, I'm coming if that's if that fight's well, on. They've both done it before, uh, and you know, someone's O will have to go because both of them have O's in the win column. Neeps, we've got to go. <laughs> and then I, well, from what I understand, uh, Louis Herman Watt fights the fights the winner. Oh, that's a, it's, it's one of those stand up all night fights. <laughs> you came, um, Yeah. Um, so, boys, thinking back to this time last year, and actually on a serious note, have mm. you heard anything more about Kevin Mialamu? Because remember, he was scrubbed out with that. Um, routine checkup right mm. on the eve of fighting Wairangi. Did did we ever hear any more of it? Has he stopped pursuing boxing because the noises around the traps were that he was an absolute beast? The hype machine mm. was in full flow, and um, it was something on the brain, I think. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I don't know the uh, the full details of that, Louis, but uh, I haven't heard anything else about Neither. about Kevin. I haven't haven't seen anything. Interesting, you bring it up. I will chase that and give you an update. How's that? I'll chase it, give you an update. I'll I'll get in touch. My people will be in touch with your people and we'll figure something out. Yeah, I remember talking to Monty about Kevin Mialamu and he just said, Kempe, the guy's, he, he, can, mm. he can make it as a pro. So, um, yeah, good question, Louis, on that one. But well done, too, to the boys that put in the, the – is it still called Yellow Ribbon? Yellow Ribbon? The the boxing match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so still getting support – um, in and around that, and the, and the league boys, the rugby boys, it's always a good contest, isn't it? Yeah, mate, it's always fantastic. Uh, fantastic night of entertainment, Louis. One last one for me, Rick, before we let you go. We spoke about it, we opened our show with it, and it's it's a question you've got to think about. Mm. You can't just – because there's, there's angles to it. Mm. Jake, Paul, Nate Diaz announced today, yep. and I, I kind of started by thinking maybe I've softened to this – exhibition boxing sort of stuff. And then we ended up with, ultimately, is Jake Paul good for boxing? Whatever boxing is. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit torn on this. I mean, I think I think he is good in some ways. Like, some of the fighters he manages, he gets them good, he gets them good money. He's good for the fighters in that way. But I don't think... Like I've never watched a Jake. I've never paid to watch a Jake Paul fight, and I won't pay to watch a Jake Paul fight. The only thing I want to see, which I think is what he banks on, is I want to see a Nate Diaz knock him right out and finish him. And but I think that's what he's trading on, right? He he knows everybody doesn't like him, and everybody wants to see him get punched in the face. So that's what he's trading on. Nate Diaz. I think will be his biggest challenge yet because Nate Diaz is a nasty, nasty man. And it goes back to something that you said earlier, Kempe. Uh, you know, he's a guy that is willing to do the nasty, I think, more than anybody else that Jake Paul has fought. And he, he won't care about the money so much, Nate Diaz. He well, he'll wants... keep walking forward. Yeah. No, like he's walked forward his whole life. So he'll, get, he'll wear a few, but he'll go and want just to throw one. 
You know what I mean? He'll take 10 to get the one in. And that's the thing. He's super durable. I think he's more durable than anybody else that Jake Paul has fought. Well, he's a bleeder. <laughs> oh, which is always it, it, it just makes makes for good TV, doesn't it? Bit of crimson, <laughs> yeah. Bit of crimson. <laughs> paint paint the uh, ring as it would be. <laughs> uh, beautiful, Rick. Appreciate it. See so you back next week. Back next week, mate. Yep. Uh, thanks to uh, Build People, New Zealand's top talent recruiter, the sponsors of uh, Fight for Life. Beautiful stuff. That's Ricardo Ball. We'll be back after this to talk self assured. It's eight minutes away from eight. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Ah, yes it is, Kempi. And for Child Cancer Foundation, who Izzy chose way back when, uh, we're still trying to collect some money, and you said it in Around the Grounds, you genuinely believe Self Assured's going to win tomorrow night. And I do too. I think he can win. I really do. With all that pressure in the race. So we're going to have our 50 on the nose of self-assured. I'm just having a look at this market now, mate. I don't know if you've got it in front of you. What about the move on Akuta down the bottom of the book? 11 bucks into $7.50. Wowie. Yeah. it's uh, Well, there will be some movement, Louis. Um, I think there'll be movement right up until the, the big race tomorrow night. But I, I agree with you. I've sort of mapped the race out or try to map it out the best I can from the second line, I think if it's all going to happen as they're they talking about and that scrap's going to happen out up front, um, you know, no matter what, that's what Smithy was saying. He thinks that that's just going to fight it out and go straight to the front. Um, you look at uh, Smithy's Terrace, Old Town Road, copy that, battling to get across each other. I think it just drags self-assured into the race. And we could see self-assured sitting in the 1-1. So, it's funny you say that. I bailed Greg O'Connor up, good friend of ours. I bailed him up in there, accosted him, if you will, in the hallway yesterday when I saw him. I said, Greg, tell me, how does it happen? I said, can Tony, on no matter what, hold out Old Town Road? He said, no, I don't think he can. But Old Town Road can hold out, copy that for a while, if he wants. And BD Joe is going to fly across and try and hold up them all. And let's say BD, Joss, BD Joe gets across, but he can't get across to the lead. Well, then he's going to sit, um, he's going to sit parked. And maybe that gives Self Assured, following Old Town Road through, a chance to lob the 1 1. Then that's if copy that is uh, leading. What does it Nat do? Around the post, the, first, the with one time, one lap to go, will Natalie go up and sit outside, copy that, self-assured copy that, eyeballing each other, one last lap, hot lap around the Cambridge Raceway, best horse wins, self-assured did it last year, child cancer gets, foundation gets paid, Kempi gets paid, Natalie Rasmussen gets paid, SENZ gets paid, Louis gets paid. It happens. Get on. Till your oh, nose just... bleeds. <laughs> R18, get, gamble responsibly. But I can't wait. And uh, there's so many different ways. That's just one way the race could potentially play out. Who knows? There's so many chances across the board. And as we say, Akuda, uh, 11 bucks into 750. we. After the news, it's Ali Titi. Right now, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. Four minutes past eight o'clock, hopefully your Thursday is ticking along nicely, your Thursday morning, big day ahead, and a massive day tomorrow for SENZ, actually a massive weekend for SENZ, Kempi, because yes, we're at the race, and Peter Mack will see you there, you get paid, absolutely you do, uh, and then the Warriors on Saturday, Kempi, we roll the good oil straight into you and Sammy Hewitt. 
Yeah, and it's a it's a good day. They've already sold nineteen thousand tickets uh, as of yesterday afternoon. So that would sort of say they're close to sold out for their second home game, which I think is fantastic for the Warriors um, after spending a couple of years in that that COVID situation out of Redcliffe over in Australia. Um, so it'd be a good day. And uh, Warriors Nation, kids are free. So there'll be a lot of kids running around. Where, what are the banners? You know, I want to see a couple of banners. And uh, I know that Neeps is making one up at the moment. He'll be down there somewhere. Eh? I the, reckon... The Phantom? Can, 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 we get a, can we get a banner that says... Uh, we love you, Uncle Uncle Tony or Uncle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think, I've, I've I don't think it'll say. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've, I've been drafting that one up all week, to be honest, Kimpy. <laughs> we we love you, Uncle Uncle Tony from the Sopranos slash SCNZ. That's what that's what we, we would love to see. And uh, look, we'd love to see some razzle dazzle Warriors football like the good old days. Who our next guest, while well, he know all, knows all about. It's five minutes past eight. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Yes, last night saw the debut of another TV series of Match Fit. This time, the rugby league athletes look at their state of health and make a return to the training ground. This year, the focus, like I said, is on rugby league as nine former leaguers, good-looking fellas they are, to prepare, prepare for one final battle against the Aussies. Jeez, I can't wait. This man, Ali Lautita, he's one of those players, and he's opening up on national TV in the hopes of inspiring other men to share their struggles and get some exercise. He's on the line with us this morning, the great Ali Lautita. He's match fit. Is that what I'm going to say, Ali? Are you match fit? Are you looking forward to taking on the Aussies? <laughs> No, yeah, definitely looking forward. Um, you know, it was a it was a journey that um, I think all the boys kind of wanted to do, just to you know inspire their not only themselves, their families, but also their communities. Mate, who's who's the star? You know, like you've you've been behind the scenes and and put the show together. Who's the star of the show that we can we can look to uh, look forward to um, playing out playing up on a Wednesday night? Yeah, I think. Um, there's quite a few of them. I think you saw one of the stars last night, probably, probably Hens. Um, and then you got Sione. Probably the coaches played a big part. Um, probably, you know, some of the boys. Um, yeah, Jazz, he's a, um, he was awesome on there. I think there's quite a few of them. All of them had different stories. Even Hummy, um, Les. Um, now all of them came with different stories and uh, the different challenges. But um, I think, um, yeah, you'll see some characters and have a laugh, I think, on, on, on the show. Mate, how important is it to get this message out? You know, like, um, we're talking, the boys now have been retired for a little while and, and some of them are looking a little bit um, worse for wear, but how important is it for them to open up and get this message out to our community? I think it's important. I think there's you know, quite a few issues, you know, especially around health, but also mental health. Um, and so it's yeah, just looking after yourselves, I guess, especially physically, but also getting those checks with the doctors and um, you know stuff that we, we kind of um, take for granted, I guess, especially living in New Zealand and and um, Aotearoa. So um, now we definitely, um, you know, I think it's it's some of our messaging's important for um, our Pacifica Maori um, communities and oh, and just you know, everyone, I guess. 
Yeah, the, the messaging's so important, Ali, and I uh, commend you for doing it. But, you know, going on TV in a reality show, it's probably not for everybody. Did it take any convincing to get you across the line? <laughs> nah, oh, I think you know, once the boys, um, you know, the boys that you kind of played with, um, you know, um, pretty much spent most of your career with, I think, you know, once they jump on board, but also... Um, got the encouragement from the rugby boys that have did it before, um, and their stories, and and um, you know the people they inspired. So it was, you know, I think it's it's worth it. I think that's a yeah, that's the angle that we came from. I think it's only we're only pretty much um, being um, I don't know uh, what's the word, um, you know, just kind of opening up yourself, um, you know, for just for for a massive cause I guess and hopefully we can inspire so many men and also everyone else that's out there that's watching like most of you are doing that in your day to day lives too Ali you know you've got yourself doing well being um, around the mutu and then you've got Jerry with the Warriors um, Clinton up in uh, Queensland and of course Sione with his story that has been made public How how has it been sitting down and reflecting on like what it was as an athlete to today and the support that you've been given, I guess, our community as a whole um, going forward. What does what does that look like for a young bloke who's aspiring to be a player and looking at this show? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it has, you know, quite a, you know, some good messaging that, that could help them, I, I guess, you know, especially uh, when we were playing at definitely a different era and then also when, um, when T and um and Reeves are playing, um and you know, uh, you guys are so you know different eras, and I think there's still uh, a lot of um, learnings from from all the eras and all that are pretty, pretty much the same. But um, yeah, probably reflecting how fast it went. I guess some of the stuff that we kind of went through um, that probably some of them are, are still going through now. But we all know that. Um, Yes, especially uh, this day and age is different with social media and everything else. I think there's so many um, challenges now our, um, our players are going through, but also our athletes and and how young they you know they're um, facing it. So um, I think just I think the main message that I really want is just talk to someone. Um, you know, have there's always someone to talk to. Have have someone have a strong network um, that you can um, you know go off and. Um, get their support, I guess family, that's where Fano and family is, is important and also, you know, some people at different church, um, whatever the different support groups are, I think that's that's important. It's just so hard to, you know, so many men, especially um, in, in New Zealand and as you said, Pacifica, Māori, it's just, you know, being too proud can just be the downfall of us sometimes, eh Ali, and um, I think that's really cool just hearing you speak about that and that's one of those beautiful things that the show represents but you, you, I would have loved to seen you play in this era because you were just an absolute beast, oh. and you're a humble, you're a humble guy. So you probably hate hate us saying that. But I want to no. know what sort of what sort <laughs> of physical condition are you in now? Did you get the body back into some pretty good nick? <laughs> oh man, I'm sure Kim will know. Um, yeah, I, I think that was a challenge for me. I, 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 you'll probably see it on the um, yeah on the on the program. Um, but some of the challenges, I think it was just like anything else. I think it's it's the time and all that, you know, just trying to um, get the, you know, sessions in it. But also I think it is important to even 30 minutes of um, of your day just to kind of do some sort of active. But no, I I kind of, um, yeah, I, I was one of those guys that needed 
needed to do some physical training. Um, I was, you know, I was definitely out of shape, still, still on the journey. But um, yeah, no, I was good. Uh, definitely thankful um, to Matchford and and especially for the initiative to, you know, encourage us and hope you. It must have been funny, Ali, like doing the Broncos, the old Californians, and and watching some of the boys <laughs> as you look across the line because you've done plenty of that <laughs> under me and Ando. What what was it like, mate? Was it we are still cheering each oh, other on, or did you have to go and pick some of the guys up? Oh, uh, everything, man. You know, um, yeah, it was funny because we were, we started doing all that stuff, um, the Broncos. I think someone was like, oh, man, remember that? That was, that was Kippy's favourite. <laughs> oh, these are Californians. And so, now nah, all the stuff, all you know, all the memories came flooding in and it was funny, just the, you know, um, the banter and everything coming in. And, and so, yeah, it was, I, I think every kind of episode kind of brought us, you know, those memories of, you know, all the boys um, and their playing days. So, nah, it was funny, man. It was, it was a good laugh. Mate, let's... Um Let's move on to the Warriors and their start to the season because I know that you've been watching how the boys have been going there. What, what do you what do you make of Andrew Webster and the way that they've started the year? No, I think Andrew's done really well. I think um, the whole culture. I think um, you know just talking to some of the boys. We go down um, and you know chat with some of the boys, and I'm also catching up with um, Jerry um, once or twice a week. And I think the whole culture and um, you know around the the place is different. I think uh, the boys are more. Um, comfortable and, and and just uh, I think approaching in, anyone I think it's just that um, open door kind of um, policy um, but yeah and everyone's I think just wanting to do better for each other um, for the area and also um, for the team so I think it's just yeah I know, I know it's kind of like the same messages before but definitely feel so different and I know that he's um, he's really worked not only with the, um, the senior players but also with the young ones so I think it's uh, um, yeah, it's been good for them. Talking about young ones, Ali, there's a, a young nephew of yours which has been touted um, with the same name, Ali Leotawa. Uh, have you been able to see him yeah. play? What do, you, what do you reckon? Does he have that Michael Jordan, Ali Leotiti feel to him? <laughs> no, no, <man. laughs> no, he's, good, but he's probably better, I think. He, um, yeah, he trains well. I, I know the, um, yeah, the coaches and all that have been happy with him. So I think, yeah, no, he's doing well. Um, yeah, he's still got a lot of learning, and I think he's um, on the right path. So, um, no, nah, he's probably better, man. He's, got, he's way faster than me, way fitter. So, um, no, nah, he's um, on his own journey, but um, he's doing well. So, And him and some of the other young boys coming through, um, there's quite a few of them. So, um, no, nah, really um, a bright future for our young ones too that has come through. So, yeah, good for the club. Mate, just before we let you go, you've got to wrap this show up with a, a game against the Aussies. Um, can you sort of give us a little bit of a tip on how it how it how it ends up? Um, oh man, um, yeah, oh, yeah, the Aussies, man, the Aussies and Kiwis. It's it's always a tough, you know, tough, um, <laughs> you know, game. And um, yeah, the boys <laughs> just yeah, you know, there was there was some, oh, um, yeah, now the Aussies came to play, so uh, you'll definitely uh, see that. So, um, nah, but um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome, Marley. Hey, thanks a lot for joining Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning. Um, great, to, great, great to see you guys um, getting that message out across for not only physical health but mental health. I know you do a really good job around the mutu uh, talking to all our young rangatahi as well. Go well, mate. Uh, keep on that good good journey and go and do another couple of Californians this morning for me, will you? Yeah, 
Cheers. Thank you. Have a good day. Bless you, bro. <laughs> Bless you too. Ali Lautiti, absolute legend. Uh, oh. When he went to England, I, look, when he went to England, him and Jerry Susu went at the same time. And uh, I had them around for tea because I was so sad uh, to see them to see them leave, but especially Ali because I thought we could have won a premiership with him. Um, got him around yeah. to my place. You talk about humility, the most humble bloke you would ever meet in your life. And no matter how much you talk to him about how good he was, I actually got tipped him at the 95 World Cup by Kev Edel. Kev Edel told me, mate, we got this kid at the Warriors running around in the kids' grades. His name's Al- Ali Lautiti, and he is going to carve up. And then he came in and he done that and went over to England and won all the awards.